I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. Hey, Delbert, how are you? Stephanie. I'm going to need your answer. I've been thinking about something for the last few days, and it's been troubling my mind and my heart. I'm going to jump right into it because I feel that it's a necessary conversation to have. Uh, You know how I love drawn-out conversations, so... Well, okay, okay. (laughs) Well, so, yes or no, public bathroom telephone conversations. No. No. Absolute no. I don't want to hear strangers pooping when I'm in the bathroom, so I highly doubt someone on the phone wants to hear you pooping plus someone else pooping. Mm, Or I don't want to hear both from you. Yes. Well, I'm kind of, I kind of have mixed feelings on it. I did until yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel that a public bathroom is this magical zone where, one, you cross that threshold, it's perfectly acceptable for you to be in public and take your pants off. It's, it's, it's amazing. Wait, what are you doing when you go in there? You you're know, like fully taking your pants off. If you had to, you could take your pants off in the bathroom. And you're, it's, it's, it's this, this like, no, this is like twilight zone. That being said, I feel like guys' bathrooms have different rules than girls' bathrooms. Right. But anyway. No pants. And then I was kind of, you know, I, I kind of had mixed feelings on telephones and bathrooms. You know, but yesterday a guy was in the stall and he was on the toilet. He was also making a call ordering a pizza <laughs> and going through this very detailed pizza order. And I think that's when I know in, in uh, good when you make good content, it's good to have like a, a like a yes, no opinion to go back, have a little back and forth. But I I feel at, at that moment I was a very strong. No, I don't want to know about your bathroom pizza. Um, Jimmy from Pizza Hut does not need to know what's happening right now. I am all for your... Not to mention there's apps for all this. There there are. I am all for your right to pass that threshold and take your pants off or do what you need to do, whatever uh, is required of you within the room of the bath. Um, but yeah, no, no phone calls. I remember one time when we went to a restaurant in Detroit, I had to use the women's restroom. And I went in there, I was doing my thing. But when I walked in... I heard singing, (laughs) and I thought, well, I can handle singing. And so I sat down, and there was still singing. But then after the singing, I heard a response. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized someone was singing, but she was singing to someone on the other line, but the person on the other line was on speakerphone. Oh my goodness. So I was going to the bathroom, she was singing, and she was singing to someone, and then they were responding, and then they had a full conversation. And then we both finished at the same time. Mm-hmm. She finished her song and mm-hmm. her tinkle, and I finished my business. Did you, you, you're like, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> bravo. <laughs> well, it's weird because you're having this public conversation, and it's a public space, so I think technically I should be allowed to comment, mm-hmm. but you really can't. And I think that speaks to the nature of the bathroom zone, where it is the semi-private place where you can take your pants off, but things, there, this social contracts We don't change. know each other. We don't know each other. The thing was... You feel private. It was our waitress. <laughs> but So I, I definitely made sure she what? washed her hands. She washed her hands. You so like watched like, her. 
I was like, well, whatever. Oh my, oh, wow. That, that, that is amazing. We had this intro and you just took it up a notch. I don't even know what to say. That is amazing. But this is Two Peas in a Podcast. Is it weird that both of our situations involve food in bathrooms? It just adds another level of... (laughs) Uh, where what are we what do we do here stuff let's get two peas in a podcast relationship show from two people that like each other very very much the second half of our show is the split where we take an article torn from the headlines and talk about it this time it's going to be fantastic so please stick around oh teaser can you give me a little bit more of that teaser juice give me some of that it's about relationship that's too much pressure. Oh, I can't do it. You can't do it. Okay. The first part, which we're about to dive into, is P's and Q's, where we take a question from our pod squad and talk about it. The pod squad is you, dear listener. Thank you so much for tuning into Two P's in a Podcast. And before we get to your question uh, for the week, we want you to go to open your phone because you're listening to us on your phone. Unless you're driving, stop. Pull over right now. Alexa. Stop the car. <laughs> Pull over. Rate and review our show. Share with your friends. Tell everyone about it. And uh, if you do want to have your deep and dark burning questions answered here on Two Peas in a Podcast, you can send them to us at contactppodcast at gmail.com. All names will be withheld unless requested. Steve. Um, and then you can also check us out on facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast and on Twitter at ppodcast. So, time for P's and Q's. Let's do this. Two of my best friends have been dating for over a year, but I think there might be an issue. Recently, both of them have started talking to me about the other behind each other's backs, and one of them has even said that they want to end the relationship. I get it if they want to break up because they're both unhappy in their relationship. However, I don't like being in the middle of this, and I'm worried a bad breakup is going to make things awkward. So how can I still be friends with both if they do happen to break up? And how can I not lose these two great people as my friends? That's rough. That's very rough. I don't even... I've, I've seen this happen, and my gut... Yeah. My gut, and I don't know if it's because of the the fallout of said relationships, but I don't know if it's just like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> you just know, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I think we're a rare breed in that if people break up, we're, we we want to be friends with everybody unless there's something really bad going on. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's most of the world. I think recently, as far since we've been married, um, there's only been a couple friend, a couple relationships that's broken off where the one person has been like okay peace because that that was not a they were not good like unhealthy abusive not good however if it's like they just are just not getting along or something yeah sometimes it just doesn't work out yes and you know what it i think the thing about it is you cannot escape the awkward it's gonna be awkward well i think one of the other things that i'm hearing is that you're in the middle mm-hmm. and i think no matter what happens, you're putting yourself in a weird place by listening to both of them. Mm-hmm. Because if one of them finds out about it and doesn't like it, like it's just creating a weird dynamic. And I think you're putting yourself in a predicament in the future, which isn't going to be great. Mm. Oh, and I can totally see how it would happen. Though you're hanging out with the one, and you're yeah. having a beer, and you're like, uh, uh Gary, 
doesn't put away his dishes and he brushes his teeth weird. You know, like I, I, you know, you hear that and then it's like, okay, okay. And then you hear the other person and then you start feeling this and then you're in the middle and that's not awesome. But I could, I could understand as a friend wanting to be a sounding board, want to continue that, you know, three person friendship. Well, yeah, that because had. if they weren't dating before, you probably listened to their issues and anyway, it wasn't yeah. an issue. Yeah. You, you heard their dating stuff before. And now it's them together. But but things are different now. So I think the first thing you need to do is the next time this happens, say, you know, something to like either change the topic, be funny about it, or just say like, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this anymore. I think you should talk to so-and-so. Yeah, like, like, I, I still want to listen to other stuff, but this one thing I'm feeling weird about. And, but I don't, do you th- what if they don't know that the other is talking to them about it? Or, may, oh, here's what you do. Yeah, you say, listen, I'm friends with you both. I don't necessarily want to hear this right now. Yeah, just do that. You think that'd be good? Yes. But so, what do you do? So let's say so that's the first thing. So yeah. I think the first thing is you need to get, get yourself of, out of the middle. You are in the middle, and you will be in the middle because of your relationship. But as far as that gossipy middle part, you have to, you know, what skyhook yourself way out, have the Batmobile fly by, shoot you out, gone. Thanks, Alfred. Get out of there. But then I think the other part, if they do break up and you want to be friends with both of them, I think that really hinges upon that specific individual. So if it's Gary and Beth or whatever, Becky, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I think it's just when they break up saying, I still want to be friends with both of you and I'm not taking sides or however you want to do it. But the thing is, like... I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't play out. It's kind of up to them yeah. because Gary and Becky, one of them might be like, nope, they're dirtbag. If you don't pick my side, then you're not my friend. And then you're you yeah, really. Because some people when they go through breakups are really awful. Then you do have to, I don't know, like you do have to choose, I guess. Be like, I guess you'd be like, oh, I don't want to be with a person that would put me in that kind of weird situation. Well, I don't know if you need to choose. Like, I feel like when someone's going through a breakup, I don't want to say they have a free pass, but in my head, I give them a few months to kind of figure it out because breakups can be really difficult and you reinvent yourself and you have to go through all this emotional stuff. So I think I'd, in my head, be like, I'm going to give them six months to whatever and then come to their senses. Those emojis will be flying. Yeah. Hot and hungry. But I think I would try to reach out to them periodically like, hey, you know, if you still want to get coffee. Yeah, this is tough. The more I think I got the first part, I think we've got down real solid. You're like, I'm out of the gossip machine. Got to get out. That rumor weed. Remember? Do you watch Veggie Tales? The rumor weed. No. Larry Boy, um, versus the rumor weed. It was a weed that grew. The more people told rumors. There we go. Really timely for this uh, episode of our show. So get out of the rumor part. The second part, you can do your best to, to be that middle ground. Like, listen, I love you both. You're maybe acting a little childish here, but I'm not picking sides. Well, in order for you to maintain relationships with both of them, it, it requires all three adults in the situation to agree to that. Mm-hmm. But right now, one of both of them are going behind each other's back to, you know, talk about the other with you mm-hmm. so that doesn't really signal to me that there's a high probability that all three of you are going to be besties forever right yeah i think there will be some adjustments to that friendship structure as we as you move forward i will say people really worry about awkward a lot 
And I think they people do. worry about awkward too much. Worrying about awkward is worse than the the awkward. Because here's the thing. It's gonna be awkward. It's gonna be the most awkward thing. Even if both of them are like, yeah, we're cool. You can be friends with the other. That's fine. It's still gonna be awkward when you're hanging out with Beth and you just saw Gary. It's gonna be weird because you have that that dynamic of friendship isn't there anymore. That third person's not there anymore, and it's it, it's and they might ask you how they're doing. Like I don't. It's, it's gonna be awkward. You're gonna have to just get over that, um, and then just do the best you can with being kind of an impartial, you know, friend for someone who's going through a breakup. Like that's really hard. I'm trying to think. And when you got divorced, you did. I think we've talked about this before. You had a friend who was good at being friends with. Mm-hmm your ex-wife in with you and I think what he did that I really appreciated is that he said to you up front just so you know I'm going to be friends with both of you like I love her like a sister or something mm-hmm. like that and so we're spending time with them but I also want to spend time with you mm-hmm. and I, I really respected that and like I said it was awkward but we didn't talk about her we didn't talk about stuff we just did our own thing and it was fine and things are are really cool with him and I so uh, I totally had just forgot, <laughs> forgotten yeah. that. Thanks. So I think it can totally work out. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But like I said, if you're worried about the if the awkward is the linchpin, then run away as far as possible. But mm-hmm. if, if you can uh, clench your fists with joy and courage and move onward, not worrying about the awkward, I think you can make this happen. And you never know. Maybe it'll all work out. Maybe they won't break up, and maybe this question will just be something you thought about, but maybe Gary and Beth are going to make it happen. Maybe they will. And in the meantime, collect all of the dirty blackmail from each other that you can, so you can uh, have some more with them later on. Never going to hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, remember, Gary, when you what said a good that, friend. <laughs> that Beth just left socks everywhere and how you hated that so much? That's blackmail. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Oh, so hopefully, I think this provided some really good insight. I would say, if uh, we we provided good insight for this, yep. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. Very cool. I mean, it is it's our show, and uh, we make the rules. And I think our rules are that we did a good job. (laughs) I agree. So again, if you have a question for us that you would love uh, wisdom about. You can send that to us at contactppodcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. You get us every Tuesday when we send out an episode. And uh, make sure you rate and review. Tell your friend. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you have more than one friend, tell both. Tell both of them. And hopefully they don't break up. (laughs) Yep. Don't tell Gary and Beth about this show. That might make it even more awkward. Maybe. (laughs) Okay, Stephanie, you know what that means. It's time for The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. I'm ready. You said that this was a juicy, exciting... Oh, don't call stuff juicy. That's creepy. Straight up there with... I'm not even going to say it. I think moist isn't as bad as people think it is. I think luscious is bad. Oh, I don't mind luscious. Or bulb. You don't like bulbous. Towelette. <laughs> so, guess where this is from? It's our favorite source. Max Magazine. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, the other one. The uh, New York Times? Nope. Uh, well, Harvard. Harvard. 
third time's the charm. You stuck out your pinky and you just went like, <laughs> and I knew it was Harvard. So this is from the Harvard Business Review, and it's an older article. So, uh, but a coworker sent it to me. So sidebar, uh, I went back to work this week, Thursday, Friday, and so I am a proud new owner of Working Mother Guilt. <laughs> <laughs> How's that nice working mother guilt smell inside, right? You know. Kick those tires. I think it's different for, it seems to me like it's different for everyone. Mine was horrible and now I feel better. So I don't know if it ever totally the, goes away, but I feel better than I did. The salesman slaps the top and says, you can fit a whole lot of guilt in this one. <laughs> it's true. Mm. Uh, so this article is called Having a Working Mother is Good for You, and one of my coworkers sent it to me when I told her I was feeling mommy guilt. Uh, but before I dive into it, the article is going to talk about why being a working mom is good, but I really don't want to, if you are a mom and you don't work outside the home, this is not to crap on whatever you do, because I think whatever mothers choose for their families is fantastic. Being a mom is hard. Mm-hmm. This article just made my personal guilt feel better, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about well, it. The, the 12 weeks you were home, yeah, I, I feel like you worked harder then than you ever have at work. It's insane and you are a stay-at-home mom. You're a hard worker. I'm, I'm a hard not worker. Saying, yeah. And then like my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and uh, stay, just because you it's sta- seriously stay-at-home no doesn't mean you're just like, you're at home just staying. No. It's, nope. a lo- it's a lot of stuff. And especially... With one kid, I think it could be, like, manageable, like, if you wanted to do housework and meals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, once you have multiple kids, Household two, three, engineer. Four, it's House- a lot. Household engineer. Yeah. I think, so we're, this is not an article, If let me get this right. This is not an article saying working moms are better. This is saying. No, that's not what this I'm. This is saying. That's not my approach. Uh, there are stay-at-home moms. There are working moms. There are stay-at-home dads. There are all kinds of. Of parental situations if you are a working mother these are some things that are good that are that come from that that are positive correct no, That's what I- nobody's bad or wrong this is just some good things that come out of this one area yes Nailed so it. for the working moms or the moms going back to work here's some helpful things so this is uh, research done uh, by Kathleen McGinn Myra Ruiz Castro and Elizabeth Longlingo, and it's from May of 2015. I love the names of researchers. They all have, it's like, there's NPR names down here, researcher names up here. It's incredible. It's the best. Oh, before I get to what the article said, I, I did look up some stats on moms that work outside the home. So nearly 75% of American mothers with children at home are employed. Hmm. So okay. most moms work outside the home. Cool. But when they ask adults whether they think moms working outside the home is good for them, there's actually been an increase in the number of women that work outside the home. But 41% of U.S. adults say it's bad for society that moms are working outside of the home more. Really? Still? Yeah. So four in ten people are still being judgy about it, although most American moms work. Hmm. That'd be there's some moms who are working who are like, it's not good. Well, I didn't break down the 41%, mm. but it's possible. Yeah. Uh, so this research is based on data from the International Social Survey Program Gender and Attitude Survey from 2001 and 2012. 
Okay, so they, they did it once and they came back and hit it up again. Yeah, it's a survey of 50,000 adults aged 18 to 60 in 25 different nations across the world. So this is, a, this is huge. Like last mm-hmm. week we did that Maxim study. Not maximum study, but they reported where yeah, it was Maxim like reported it. 100 couples. 12 or, people yeah. in, no, so, I think it was 112 couples or in Texas or something So as like far that. as being statistically significant, this is across borders, across cultures. This you know, is a I didn't look thing. up, I didn't double check the sampling methodology to make sure it was a representative sample, but it's a lot of people. Well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Qual- quantity over quality every day. So the biggest finding is that growing up with a working mother is unlikely to harm children socially or economically when they become adults so if you have a mom you are a mom and you're working outside the home your kids aren't going to be damaged forever you're gonna be okay so the article goes on to talk about the working mother effect so okay what's the working mother effect and they kind of find two things so they found in the united states for Adult daughters whose moms worked. Mm-hmm. So I'm a daughter. My mom worked outside the home. Uh, they found that compared to other people, to daughters whose moms didn't work outside the home, their annual average income was higher. Hmm. So you end up making more money. Did they ask why? Um. Well, we'll get to that one. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll get okay. to that. Okay. That's a really good question. Ooh, you know what that is? You did a teaser again. Oh. Good for you. Uh, and then they also found that for adult daughters whose moms worked outside the home, they're more likely to hold supervisory roles. Oh. More likely to be a supervisor, make more money. They also found that in the world, across 25 developed countries, that was also true. So not hmm. that the statistics weren't exactly the same, but... So it's not just like, in the States, this is something that happens. This is something that has replicated itself. In the world, yeah. And across these different places. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. I mean, the two general findings are in the United States and in the U- in the United States and across the world. If you have a mom that's working outside the home, you're probably going to grow up to be an adult that makes more money and you might hold a supervisory role. Hmm. So that's the big thing. But the other thing, so that's for girls mm-hmm. what about boys what about boys so there's positives for boys too whoa so of the u.s men surveyed those who had working mothers spent 16 hours on family compared to eight and a half hours of those hailing from more traditional households hmm. so if for the men whose moms worked outside the home they did more house stuff well i guess that makes sense someone's got to do it yeah <laughs> Um, but dot 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 dot. Uh oh. That's still around fifteen hours a week fewer than the thirty plus hours U.S. women devote to family care, whether they grew up in working mother households or not. Mm, so there's still some inequality in the household work area. Yeah. So if you're a boy, your mom works outside the home. You're probably gonna help out more around the house when you get married. However, your wife is. Probably still doing more than you are. <laughs> so there's still a gender inequality there. However, having a mom working outside the home kind of closes that gap a little bit. That's fascinating. Yes. And not that the other way is bad. It's just different. Well, and that's just the thing. Like, these are beneficial things. But let's be honest. Money isn't everything. Being a manager at work isn't everything. But it is nice to know that there are some benefits. I personally would love to just stay home. 
I but I think I might go crazy because I I have to have the approval of other people and I need to be out in the workplace to get that. So But you did ask the question <laughs> of why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the one thing that they can't that the researchers couldn't really pin down because there is a question of sometimes women have to work outside the home because they need more money. So it's not a matter of desire and like you know, I'm trying to be the CEO of Exxon Mobil or something. It's out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So then are those daughters making more money than their counterparts just because they had to mm-hmm. Versus, it? So that's one theory. So like it's an economic necessity. The other is it could be modeling. You saw your mom working. You saw your mom hustling. So you want to do it. Because there is something to be said for, you know, when they talk about like diversity in media and in like movies and culture and stuff and giving people who have not had representation if you're seeing someone do yeah. something that you haven't seen someone who looks like you do that then produces something like i can do that too yeah well, i saw so and so do it so i'm i knew i could do it okay i saw my friend my friend carissa breastfed in public so i knew that i could do it yeah something like that okay yeah yeah so i think that but it's, it's they're saying it's hard they can't really pin it down totally no i mean that's where the theory comes in okay. and that's where the conversation becomes really interesting oh we should have a conversation about that next episode Ooh. the con in conversation okay is that a good show we could have it in a public bathroom. Ooh, we can make a, pod- a podcast within a podcast where you and I talk to each other from separate bathrooms on our uh, speakerphone. That sounds fantastic. I love that idea. Breaking new ground here in the podcast world here at Two Peas headquarters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, any final thoughts from your articles? Ease up on that mommy guilt, yo. We're all doing the best we can. Oh, yeah. Ease up. The last few days when I've told people you've gone back to work, everybody's asked me, she got that mommy guilt? Yep. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's real. It's, it's real. It's so real. And it's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think, Stephanie, you are great. And don't feel guilty because you're doing your thing. Our baby's doing great. And um, I'm very proud of you. Thanks, boo. Love you. Love you, too. So that is The Split. Thank you, Stephanie. The article will be in the show notes below. So again, wherever you are are on your podcatcher, click on those links below, and you can see some fun, dumb things that I probably wrote, along with a bunch of links to some of our favorite places, such as the article uh, that we just spoke about. Also, you can check out in those links places online where you can subscribe and also a link to the Facebook page for our friends at the Elite Podcast Network. So go check those out and uh, I think that you'll find some really fun things to take your podcast listening to a whole nother level. Yeah? How's that lemonade? Great. Oh, it's so good. It looks good. I need to get some of that. It's delish. It's delish. So I'm going to go make some lemonade here in a moment. But thank you, Pod Squad, for listening to another fine episode of Two Peas in a Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday. And Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very, very much. much.